0: It's the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe and It is Tuesday, November 24th, and it is not a good day for the Baltimore Ravens. Good day for me, but not for the Ravens. At least 10 positive COVID-19 tests within this organization here. Of course, we know J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram. What the F? 10 <laughs> Uh, The NFL is, I mean, hey, they obviously want this game to be played on Thursday night. But uh, they're obviously going to have to consider uh, postponing this thing. Uh, And that actually was reported today by Adam Schefter. So that's the news there. Yikes. Not fun uh, right now. But uh, more news on that, I suppose, tomorrow I will update you again. But did want to hit that at the top of the show. Of course, it's Waivers Day on the show, so I will get to... All the waiver recommendations for you, along with guys to hold, guys to cut. There's a lot of guys to cut this week, and four defenses to stream. Really nice week. Maybe not as good as last week uh, in terms of streamers, but it's still pretty freaking good week. All right. So let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because Monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on Monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, And of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else Monkey Knife Fight has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R A N T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting. When you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports, sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply see site for full terms and restrictions. So yeah, check it out. It's well worth it. It's kind of like player props. Kind of. Not exactly the same thing, but similar. And if you're in a state where gambling is not legal, sports betting is not legal, well, this is a nice alternative if Monkey Knife Fight is available in your state. So use that promo code RANT and that'll hook you up. All right, so let's dive into it. At quarterback, I'll lead with the big story. Taysom Hill no longer has tight end eligibility on ESPN. This was a decision that they made because he is no longer playing uh, at, you know, essentially a hybrid tight end, wide receiver, running back role. He was full quarterback this week. That was it essentially. I mean, there were, I think there were a couple snaps where I saw Alvin Kamara was in a wildcat at one point, so Taysom was out wide. But regardless, he played quarterback. Why they originally gave the designation, and there's a whole write-up on this over at ESPN, so shout out to those guys for making it very clear on why they made the decision. He lined up in line as a tight end. It I looks like 31% of his snaps, and then he was at wideout if you include his uh slot snaps as wide receiver snaps he was there roughly 40 a little over 40% of the time so barely played quarterback so that's why they didn't have Matt quarterback heading into the season they wanted it to match his uh his actual on the field snaps which is something that ESPN does my time there we did this a lot with defensive ends and outside linebackers like the big debate was Khalil Mack when he first had come into the league was he an outside linebacker or a defensive end? This is when he was with the Raiders. And we really dug into the numbers to, to figure this out, right? And, and they wanted to be as accurate as possible in terms of giving those designations. So that's why they did it for Taysom, and that's why they took it away. So if you have Taysom Hill, if you're listening to this right now, you literally can't do anything with your roster if Taysom Hill is in your tight end spot. So you're going to need to make that change in order to make waiver claims on ESPN. Outside of ESPN, he's a quarterback, he's been a quarterback, other than Flea Flicker where he was a wide receiver, whatever. And he's not a wide receiver there any longer. So Taysom is a quarterback. And really with what we saw this week, now granted, it was against the Falcons. He's the number three fantasy quarterback this week. But the thing about it is it was against the Falcons, but yet he didn't do what most quarterbacks do against the Falcons. They, they throw. like he, he didn't really rack up his points with his arm. He racked it up with his legs, and that's really where the appeal comes in for him down the stretch. And he is going to be under center until likely at least week 14 with Breeze not back until at least week 15, and could be even longer. We'll see. At this point of the year, we are really only playing for, I mean, you can't really say the next week, this week, because you're, you know, very likely your regular season lasts until next week, but you're really only playing for that first game in the playoffs. You can't bank on anything beyond that point, and getting somebody like Taysom Hill in, I know this seems kind of crazy to some people, but it is 2020, and Taysom Hill can be a quarterback one for the remainder of his starts. He certainly can if he's going to run 10 times 50 yards, score a touchdown. He doesn't even, he didn't have to score two touchdowns to be a quarterback one this week, by the way. And a quarterback one simply means a top 12 fantasy quarterback. He's going to be that uh, going forward here. I like him. I'm spending 15% of my fab budget on him, especially if I'm in a situation where, you know, you have the Carson Wentz's of the world, the Matthew Staffords of the world under center for you. That's where I would really be prone to going out and making sure I get Taysom if he's out there. And he is out there in a lot of non-ESPN leagues. The ESPN, he's obviously pretty widely owned because of the cheat code last week. But anyway, beyond Taysom Hill, I do think there's opportunity with Daniel Jones. Because they were on by last week, he was widely passed up on waivers. So he's a really interesting option. I'd go 7%. He's been basically a top 12 fantasy quarterback outside of September. September was bad. It was. And that bad could always come back, but I think the direction of the team is is much better. You know, they were they were really in full-blown preseason mode in September, and now they're starting to round into form, getting healthy at, with the receivers has helped. The defense is playing decent football, not that that really impacts Jones, but it doesn't put all the responsibility on him. So, 7% on Daniel Jones. Derek Carr, five percent. This is really because of his schedule. He doesn't have a lot of upside, but he faces Atlanta and the Jets over his next two. Uh, so those are, you know, those are obviously promising matchups. Then Phil Rivers, I'll go four percent on Old Man Rivers. Three touchdowns in three of his last five games. Just another guy without a ton of upside. Like I'd so much rather go after Daniel Jones right now uh, because of the higher ceiling for the rest of the year. Uh, Outside of those guys, Andy Dalton 3%. He threw for three passing scores this past week. They actually look pretty good offensively. Like, Dallas is looking good. The Giants are looking, you know, like looking okay. I mean, the defense isn't that great. The Giants are looking interesting. Washington is coming off an interesting game, like surging on the defensive side of the ball. That division is just so crazy. Can one of these teams get to 500? That's my question in the NFC East. We can't have a 6-win team make the playoffs, can we? We can't do that, can we? Anyway, um the if you go really deep at quarterback, I think I would, you know, obviously Ryan Finley's now going to be the starter, so he should be owned in two quarterback leagues. PJ Walker, I might just if if he's out there in a two quarterback league and I needed a third quarterback, I might just scoop him up even if Teddy comes back, they're still appealed to having a, a pretty high upside. Well, not super high upside, but he's like a quarterback too if Teddy goes down, and that's valuable. He was the number 19 fantasy quarterback this past week, so it's pretty valuable. On to running back. All right, so at the top, I do have J.K. Dobbins at the top of my waiver wire rankings, which of course you get over at ftnfantasy.com. The reason why I have him there, even though he's not going to play this week, he did officially test positive. This is not one of those like Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger situations. Even if it was, he wasn't going to play this week because he didn't need five days. But he did test positive. That's officially from the press conference, from John Harbaugh. Uh, So if he didn't test positive and he was playing this week, I would say 50% or more. Like, whatever you have left spend on him. Unfortunately... He's not he's not even guaranteed to play th- week 13, but we saw them hand the keys over to him in that backfield. The Ravens did. 41 snaps. that's 28 more than Gus Edwards. It's 35 more than Mark Ingram. This is the end of Mark Ingram as the guy in that backfield. Officially, we had already seen writing on the writing was on the wall. It officially happened this past week. Just sucks. Timing here sucks. Big time. I'm still going to spend 30% on him, though, because I think he can be a difference maker in the fantasy playoffs. Wayne Gallman, 30% if he's still out there. And I had somebody complain to me today. Oh, why do you always talk about these guys? They're not out there unless it's a cupcake league. You know what, bruh? There's a lot of people who listen to this podcast, and they may be in leagues where Wayne Gallman's available. You know, I don't I don't know who's on your waiver wire. So that's why we cast a a wide net. But it also allows us to talk about guys like Wayne Gallman, right? I like Wayne Gallman a lot down the stretch, and I know some people are concerned about Devonta Freeman. So remember, here's the deal. Freeman, if you're on injured reserve, you missed three games, not three weeks. So last week did not count towards his three games. He still has two more games. So that means week twelve, week thirteen, he can't come back. When he eventually does come back. I don't know if the job's going to be there for him. I like Wayne Gallman uh going forward and I would spend money if he's out there. Damian Harris 15% if he's out there Rex Burkhead season-ending injury really it should in theory expand his role in the passing game. We'll see if it actually does. He did see two targets last week so there is that. Uh I don't mind Damian Harris. Kalen Balazs, 12%. He's the number three fantasy quarterback over the last three weeks. I chuckle. Uh, Austin Eckler is going to practice this week, though. So just saying. I don't know if Eckler will be back this week. But here's the deal. This backfield can sustain two running backs for fantasy purposes. So getting Balazs right now, he would be the second running back. I don't think that's a bad thing. James White, 12%. Only rostered in 36% of leagues. And he's going to have a heavy role with no Burkhead going forward. Burkhead isn't officially out for the season, but I'm just waiting for them to announce that. Savon Ahmed, 10%, 17 touches this past week. I I don't think he's going to necessarily retain this role with Miles Gaskin back when he comes back, that is. But this week against the Jets, yes, please. Yes, please. Carlos Hyde, 10%. If you were to tell me that Chris uh, Chris Carson was not going to come back this week, I would say, oh, man, um... I would probably go 20% on Carlos Hyde. If you said Chris Carson's going to miss multiple weeks still, I'd go like 30% on Carlos Hyde. You can't tell me any of that. So I'm spending 10% kind of conservatively here because I could be left with Chris Carson's handcuff if Carson does come back. Uh, Gus Edwards, 10%. He's a rental play this week. I know a lot of people are saying he's like the absolute must add. Well, yes, if you absolutely need a running back this week. But remember, if... Dobbins comes back. Dobbins is ahead of of Edwards. So just be careful there. You could end up spending a lot of money on on a one week rental. Zach Moss 8%. I don't love this backfield, but I do love stacking up my bench. You know, there's nothing worse than getting into the playoffs week 14, week 15 and then having to try and find a running back to pick up if an injury hits you. Not optimal, right? So how do we remedy that? We strip our bench down and load it up with just running backs and wide receivers for the most part. If you have like the Patrick Mahomeses of the world, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, you don't need a backup quarterback. You know, if you have Russell Wilson, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you don't need a backup quarterback. And really, I don't think anybody needs a backup tight end at this point because there's always a, a guy on waivers. So if you especially have one of the elite options, if you have Kelsey, if you have Waller, even if you have Mark Andrews, definitely don't need it. And even the rest of the guys, I mean, you're really just streaming every week anyway. So don't waste that bench spot on an additional tight end. Load up for for depth. And Zach Moss is a depth add. He's not a guy you're going to be able to start this week, but a depth add. Uh, Lev Bell, 8%. He's one of the top handcuffs out there and he's available in 28% of leagues. That's why he made the list. 8% on Phil Lindsay. Out carried Mel Gordon and still looks really good. When you watch him play, doesn't he look good? I mean, Gordon goes down. All of a sudden, Lindsay is a top 10 guy potentially. Uh, outside of those guys, you know, we're gonna continue to load up on the deeper names. So all of our handcuffs, Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, Tony Pollard. All of these guys need to be added. I go about 5% on all of those guys. Justice Hill, I'll go 4%. He's like a one-week desperation flex rental. If if Ingram and Dobbins are back, then there's no value in Hill. Frank Gore, 4%. LaMichael P. Ryan has a high ankle sprain, so he's not going to be back anytime soon. It'll be at least a month, so Gore is a low upside volume guy. Cam Akers, 4%. Yes, he found the end zone in last night's Monday Night Football game, but he also was the low man on the totem pole yet again in terms of snaps. So it's a little risky. Can't use him with any confidence, but he's a stash guy. Boston Scott, Devontae Booker, Brian Hill, Benny Snell, all 3% handcuffed guys in interesting situations if the starter goes down. I'd also go 1% or 2% on Jeremy McNichols. He played 12 snaps this past week, only one for Deontay Foreman, so he could be the the handcuff there if Derrick Henry got hurt. All right, moving over to wideout. I don't have a ton of recommendations, but Michael Pittman Jr. is out there in enough leagues that he has to top the list, 20% on him. He is a wide receiver three. I'm sorry I doubted him slightly in that matchup last week. He only had three catches, but the catch and run, that was a thing of beauty. And really looks like he's riffing well with uh, with Phil Rivers. So 20% on him. Corey Davis is out there in ju- He's rostered in 47% of leagues. Out there in 53% of leagues. And he's very much a 1A to the A.J. Brown 1 in the Titans wide receiver core. Topped 100 yards in two of his last four games. So Corey Davis, 12% on him. Cole Beasley, Sterling Shepard got passed over because of their bye weeks, I'm sure. So 10% on those guys. They're still fairly widely available. Uh, Not super high ceilings, although, I mean, hey, Beasley was pretty good right before their bye. Uh, Good little additions to your team, for sure, uh, just to load up on that depth for the playoff push. Brashad Perryman, 7%. He scored again this last week. It wasn't a massive performance, but found the end zone. Nelson Aguilar, 6%. Six catches this past week, low upside, though. Demir Bird, high upside, 6% on him, but he is behind Jacoby Myers in the target pecking order, even though he did out-target uh, Jacoby this past week. Uh, Myers, still, I'm not going to ignore what he did over the previous month. Denzel Mims, 5%. He had eight targets in each of the last two games, 71 yards this past game, trending up. Alan Lazard, 4%, not going to go too high on him. He was, the, he was very clearly the number three receiver, this past week for the Packers Russell gage 3% he'll see an uptick in targets if Julio can't play and of course he is banged up right now uh, outside of those guys there really isn't any deep deep names that I want to add so let's move on to tight end Dallas Goddard's out there in far too many leagues he's he's out there 41 percent of leagues so 15 percent he is a starter the rest of the way even with Zach Ertz back they're gonna run a ton of 12 personnel he'll be on the field every snap and he's he's Really, at right now, without Ertz on the field, he is the best target in that offense. And he showed it this past week, and really the week before, even though he didn't score a touchdown. So 15% on Goddard if he happens to be out there. Uh, After that, I have uh, Robert Tunyon and Jordan Reed sort of back-to-back. They're both at 5% for me. Tunyon continues to produce. It's not the most consistent production, but he got in the end zone this past week think there's a little bit of a higher ceiling with Reed but there's also more volatility because he's more likely to get hurt that's the one drawback as we know with Jordan Reed beyond those guys Jordan Akins at four percent it's tricky with the Texans tight ends because they do spread the ball around to Akins and Fells, but it's hard to ignore the five catches for 83 yards last week and he's got a lot of ups- athletic upside much more so than, than Darren Fells, a younger player as well uh, finally, Will Disley and Jacob Hollister at 2%. So, what we know is Disley outsnapped Hollister last week, but that hasn't been consistent throughout the season. But we're going to see a lot of both of them with Greg Olson now on injured reserve. So, down the stretch here, there's opportunity, at least over the next three games, for sure. And, and I don't know if Olson gets back on the field at all this season. Um, so, Disley, slight preference, but 2% on both of them. They're just deep league ads. Uh, right now. Here's your hold list for the week. Naeem Hines. Yes, it was Jonathan Taylor last week, but we know things change very quickly in that backfield. Travis Fulgham. Eh, One catch sucks, but seven targets doesn't. T. Higgins. No Joe Burrow. That sucks really sucks. But I want to see how he riffs with Ryan Finley before I cut him loose. And then Jacoby Myers, like I said, just be patient. It was just one week there. In terms of the cut list, we, we do have to cut Joe Burrow. That hurts, uh, but we're going to. In non-keeper leagues, right, regular redraft leagues, he gone. Drew Brees, he gone. He's not going to come back until week 15. And I don't even know if I'm that crazy about him when he returns. Tua Bailoa, he gone. If you tried to stream him last week, that did not work out very well. He's going to keep the job, but man, it's hard to keep rostering him given that performance. Rex Burkhead, he gone, even though it's not officially announced yet. I don't expect to see him the rest of the season. Well, Michael Pirine, he gone. We may not see him the rest of the season. It's high ankle. That's a four to six week absence. May not see him. May not see him. Mark Ingram, he gone. I don't care if he's on the COVID list. He played six snaps last week. Marquise Brown, he gone. Zero catches on three targets. It isn't happening for Brown. By the way, Des Bryant technically on the practice squad right now. If he was to come up to the active roster, they'd have to sign him to a contract. We'll see if they do. He was really their best receiver this past week. Uh, Henry Ruggs, he gone. Derek Carr doesn't throw the ball to Ruggs. It's a shame. He hasn't seen more than four targets since week one. Jared Cook, he gone. My guy Adam Troutman is outplaying him. Hayden Hurst, he gone. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. He's more of a streamer. Speaking of streamers, here's your defensive streamers for week 12. The Giants going up against Ryan Finley. Do I need to even explain this? He had four sacks and an interception in in the relief duty that he did for Burrow last week. Uh, The Seahawks do I need to explain this? They're facing the Eagles. Eagles are allowing four sacks per game, two turnovers per game. The Packers, well, I mean, maybe I'll explain this one. It's Chicago. They can't put points on the board, only 18.5 points per game. That's third fewest in the league, 300.9 total yards per game. That's second fewest in the league. The Packers are not a good defense, but they can take advantage of the Bears. Washington is my fourth streamer. The Cowboys, are very generous. 2.1 giveaways per week. So I think Washington, a little bit better than people realize, is a sneaky option this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I love that rivalry, and we get it on Thanksgiving, baby. We get it on Thanksgiving. So there you go. Uh, Don't ever spend more than 1% on your defenses. So, that's going to round things out for us today. Go check out ftnfantasy.com. $20. $20 gets you the rest of the season straight on through the Super Bowl. Get in on the FTN fam. A lot of great stuff going on over there, including from not just me, but Elliot Chris, Derek Brown, and the noise himself, Brad Evans, along with my guy Chris Meaney. I mean, we're just It's a, it's a spoil riches over there. So, go check it out, ftnfantasy.com. Keep reviewing the podcast, even the bad reviews. <laughs> somebody's like, yeah, I used to like his podcast. I don't anymore. I guess that happens. It happens. It's not you. It's me. (laughs) It's not you. It's me. Uh, Keep reviewing them, though. I appreciate all the feedback. And hey, the good reviews certainly help a lot. Apple Podcasts, all right? So if you have an iPhone, the easiest way to do so is to open up the podcast app on your iPhone. Go to my podcast, The Rant. Then scroll down to the bottom, click the stars, and you are done You can also do it on the web by just searching out The Rant Apple Podcasts, and then you can go to the page and just do it there. It's easy. We're going to have a little celebration. There is an announcement coming. I'm going to do something fun. It is coming this week. I'm announcing an announcement. How about that? That's classy. That's classy right there. All right, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And I will be back on the flip side tomorrow. We've got two podcasts coming, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.